Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hello, hello, I'm Kelsey Nixon, and this is Kitchen Prescription, the podcast you listen to when you don't know what to make for dinner. I'm so thrilled to have you here today because we're doing a mailbag episode, a good old-fashioned Q&A, and I can't wait to dive in to your questions. I asked on Instagram, you guys sent some great questions, there were a couple of duplicates in there, and so I'm really excited to answer the most popular questions that came through. But before we get into those questions, I know that so many of you listen to the podcast to get inspiration for your basic weekly meal plans. And so we're going to start by me sharing three recipes I plan to make this week and are going on my meal plan to hopefully inspire you as you put a plan together. And just just a small note here, because I really believe this makes such a massive difference. When you dedicate some time each week to look at what's coming ahead, up ahead, maybe that's on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, whenever, and make a decision once about what you plan to make for dinner on those nights, as opposed to every single night thinking, what am I making? What am I making? What am I making? It is truly such a gift to give yourself that. So it is a, I understand it's a difficult muscle to develop this idea of basic meal planning, but I'm telling you, it will relieve so much stress if you can develop that habit. So I am here to help. I'm here to help you. And one of the reasons I created the podcast was because I thought this is something people could do at a designated time each week, throw on the podcast. And that's the time where they set out their meal plan for the week. So that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. My goal is to get you to the dinner table. I don't care if you put cold cereal on your meal plan or dino nuggets or heaven forbid McDonald's drive through Honestly, what I care about is that you get to the table with your family. That's what feels most important to me. And I think that the plan is just key. Also, if you plan to have dino nuggets and mac and cheese on Tuesday, you're going to feel less guilty when that rolls around and that's what you actually end up feeding your family because it was intentional. And of course, we're going to have dino nugget and mac and cheese nights because life is crazy. I just find that I like it better when I have anticipated that chaos and I've already made a decision so that I'm not also having to make a decision on top of daily chaos. All right, I'll step off the soapbox of the importance of a meal plan and give you these recipe ideas for the week. So three recipes I'm making this week. First up, ooh, I'm excited about this one. My honey mustard glazed grilled chicken. Now, the reason I'm sharing this is because I'm convinced that this is the end all be all, the best marinade when it comes to grilled chicken. I'm even going to go as far and say like summer grilled chicken because I tend to do the most grilled chicken 
in the summer months. And this is that marinade where I have it memorized. I don't even have to look at the recipe anymore because I just know it. And it's so flavorful. It's so good. It works every single time. It's really well balanced and I just love it. So it's got some Dijon mustard. It's got some honey. The secret ingredient is some soy sauce and then a little bit of lemon juice and some mayo. And you mix all this together. You marinate your chicken. What's great is it works pretty darn quick. And so even if you've only got an hour for this to marinate, it still makes a big difference. But I, I stand by the fact that I think a sweet spot for a marinade is six to 12 hours. It's where you get maximum flavor. You don't really want to marinate beyond 24 hours because then it can start to break down the proteins in the chicken and give you some funny texture stuff. So aim for that six to 12. If not, an hour will still be great. So we're going to throw this on the grill. And then the recipe is written for my orzotto as well, which is also in this recipe, which is a recipe club recipe for July. And I love it. It's like orzotto is kind of like the easier poor man's version of risotto, <laughs> meaning it's like almost impossible to screw up. It's really easy to pull together. And I always have everything on hand to make this. It's kind of an alternative to rice or pasta. It's like a side dish that works with anything. And my kids love it. My kids eat it up like crazy. In fact, we made this a couple weeks ago and at least for three days, this is what I put in their lunches afterwards because they just, they'll always, they'll always eat it. They love it. Okay. So honey mustard glazed grilled chicken with the orzotto is on Monday. And then I am making something fun for breakfast for dinner. My kids really like breakfast for dinner and something about breakfast for dinner just feels manageable to me. And it can be as simple as pancakes or waffles or something like this. I am going to make this corn cheddar and jalapeno strata. So what a strata is, is it's almost like, almost like a bread pudding in a way. It's savory bread pudding, um, but it's got an egg base and it is so, so good. This is one of those things that like, I'll take somewhere because I know everybody's going to love it. It's one of those recipes. You can find it on my website. And if you're cooking for young kids and you want to pull the jalapeno out, no problem. Do that. That's no big deal. Um, I usually put it in like a quarter of it um, because my husband and I like a little bit of heat, but my kids don't. But the corn and the cheddar and it's got like this crusty bread and it is just hearty and filling and so delicious. My kids call it breakfast casserole. Um, and it kind of is, but it's kind of like an elevated breakfast casserole. So, um, perfect thing to take if you, or, you know what, this is a perfect thing to make if you are traveling with family this summer and you're doing like a special breakfast somewhere. Maybe you guys rented an Airbnb and you are going to, you know, be adventuring and you're going to have a big breakfast one morning. This corn cheddar and jalapeno strata is awesome, but also great for a Wednesday night because it's really easy to make. All right, so I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to serve it with fresh fruit and some orange juice, and it's going to be fun. Uh, third, ooh, a five-ingredient recipe, my five-ingredient mango lime curry that I posted last week on Instagram. You can find all of my five-ingredient recipes in a highlight bubble on my Instagram feed, but this is fantastic, especially for you Costco shoppers. There's a great shortcut ingredient called the Suki's Mango Coconut Curry, and it is awesome. I think almost all Costco's carry it. 
Um, I have bought it many times for like, let's call it a dump and stir dinner, right? A baseball night dinner, a ballet night dinner when you've got a lot going on. You literally just take it out of the package and you put it in the skillet. Now, what I like to do is I like to jazz it up just a little bit. And so I add in some fresh mango. I add in some halved cherry tomatoes and then the zest and juice from a lime and mix that all together, serve it over rice. And then I love the stone fire non bread, which you can get at Costco, but almost any other grocery store sells it. It's just delicious. And then I can't help myself from adding just a bit of cilantro on top. That took us beyond our five ingredients, but it just give me this one. All right, give me this one. So there you have it. We're doing grilled chicken with the orzotto. We're doing a fun breakfast for dinner night, the corn cheddar jalapeno strata. And then we're going to have our five ingredient mango lime curry. And that's what's going on in our meal plan this week. All right, guys, there are your recipes for the week. Let's jump into the back half of the podcast where we are going to chat about everything, your questions, my answers, hopefully some, some good insights to make cooking feel a little bit more manageable this week. All right, the first question I received actually from a couple of people was, share your favorite ideas for breakfast with kids. And I love this question, and you can tell it kind of influenced my meal plan for the week because I put a breakfast recipe on it. But breakfast really is a hit with my kids, and I know it is with many of yours as well. And we're not talking just breakfast in the morning, but breakfast for dinner. And I want to give it one more plug because I would consider breakfast for dinner almost like a pantry meal for me. Like if I haven't decided what I'm going to make or our plans have changed and what I was going to make, I don't have time to make anymore. Breakfast for dinner is always a solid choice because it's a really easy balanced meal I can make for my family in like under 20 minutes. And so here are a couple of just classic favorites. I really love the pre-cooked bacon at Costco, the Kirkland brand. That has been a big hit for our family because the cleanup feels just substantially easier than traditional bacon. Now, I know not all of you are Costco shoppers, and you can certainly get pre-cooked bacon elsewhere, but I just happen to really like that product, that brand. Um, and so I will do bacon a lot. Bacon's a big hit with my kids. Um, and I will almost always cook the bacon first, and then I will scramble the eggs in the same skillet as some of that bacon grease to really capture all of that flavor. Um, and, and that's so yummy. Um, and then I, I'm just giving you guys my shortcut favorites here. I love the Krusty's Belgian waffle mix. It comes in a blue box. And to me, if you are looking for something to keep in your pantry that you can just reach for, I am convinced that is the best waffle mix. It's so good to the extent that I have gone on Amazon and bought it like in bulk <laughs> because my family likes it so much. And, um, yeah, when it comes to pancakes, I usually mix together a pancake recipe, but that waffle mix, I just don't know that it can be beat. It's really good. Um, other stuff. We recently did an oatmeal bar in the morning. So it was just before I was going to kind of clear out my fridge. And so I pulled out, pulled out all of our berries and um, I had some peaches and I kind of I gave everyone a bowl of oatmeal and they got to kind of mix and match. And they thought that was really fun. Um, so that's something you could do. And another thing are banana boats. That's kind of a fun idea we do where you take a banana, you split it down the center, then yogurt goes in the center. 
um, almost as if you were making a banana split, but instead of the ice cream, you do yogurt and then you top it with berries and granola and all that good stuff. So banana boats are a huge hit with my kids. Another favorite breakfast idea are smoothies. And you know what's funny is my kids are pretty good about eating the smoothies, but they love making the smoothies. There's something about adding the ingredients to the blender that they get a kick out of. So I get a lot of requests for smoothies and it's such a great way to get some extra fruits and veggies in your kids who might be a little bit picky. Um, So those are some of our favorite breakfast ideas. The other thing I want to mention is this idea of a savory waffle. So sometimes I will do a waffle that is like a cornbread mix and I will throw in some cheddar cheese and maybe some chives and do like a whole savory take on waffles as opposed to sweet admittedly it's a bigger hit with my husband and I than my kids they seem to really like the sweet waffles but that's pretty darn good you serve those savory waffles with like a fried egg on top and some salsa and some avocado and you have got yourself a breakfast little hot sauce it is so so yummy so don't discount a savory breakfast either the last tip I want to give you is and this is going to sound a little precious but I promise you it's not that hard is we do a lot of egg in a hole. So you take a basic piece of bread. You take a cookie cutter. Um, favorite in my household is the heart at the moment. And you um, take the cookie cutter, press it in the center of the bread, and then you put it, you butter each side of the bread. It goes in a skillet. You crack an egg in the center where you cut out and you flip it, you cook it, You toast up the little heart shape as well, and you've got egg in a hole. My kids really love that. They also like it when we do the first letter of their names. So that's another idea that might be fun for kids and breakfast. Ideas for summer snacking when you feel like it's a whole neighborhood of kids. I have been there, and there's nothing more aggravating when you go to Costco and you splurge on the beef jerky, even though it's going to cost you 30 bucks. And they're all gone in one day because the neighborhood kids have shown up. Just me? Just me? No. Uh, Same things goes with popsicles, right? Okay, so this is my best advice when it comes to feeding the whole neighborhood. And look, I want to acknowledge here that I hope, and I'm sure, I don't know, maybe some of you at least here hope that I always want my house to be a place that kids want to come. And so if that means having some extra snacks on hand, so be it. I'm happy. I'm happy to do it. I might just provide a more affordable snack than the beef jerky. Anyways, what I, I've done this once, this was actually when we lived back in Oregon, um, and we had a steady rotation of, of kids coming in and out, and I had what we called a share basket, and um, I had it in the pantry, and it was, it was kind of awesome, because I would keep stuff in there, but then inevitably there was stuff that I would buy for my kids that they wouldn't end up eating, like apple chips or... I don't know. I'd I'd buy one of the combo packs of chips or cookies or something, and there's one flavor that they don't like, the Fritos or whatever it may be. And those things can then go in the share basket because my kids might not like them, but my neighborhood kids might like them. So consider adding that basket or bin to your pantry or even like in depending on where you live, your garage um, where you might have kids. Um, You could also have a share bin in a garage freezer because I know that popsicles can disappear so quickly. And so you could maybe, maybe you do, you know, more affordable popsicles, like an an otter pop or something like that for neighborhood 
neighborhood kids. It's like the share bin uh, for for friends. And then you keep those ice cream sandwiches for yourself because mama's going to need those. So that's my best advice is come up with a system for either a share bin or basket in your pantry and or freezer. All right, next question. Pantry staples if you have impromptu guests. I love an impromptu guest. I really do. Um, 99% of the time, I love an impromptu guest. And my best advice here is to have stuff on hand to make a sweet and salty snack board. Um, You know, you could say a charcuterie board and I could tell you that I love the, you know, unexpected cheddar from Trader Joe's with honey crisp apples and, you know, sweetened pecans and all of that. But a sweet and salty snack board is a really fun thing to put together, especially if those impromptu guests happen to be children. Um, but what I love about it is that you think about that balance of salty, maybe some pretzels, some chips, things like that, and then the sweet with fruits and um, uh, dried fruits, fresh fruits, uh, things like that. I've got a really good uh, blog post on my site about snack boards and snack board suppers and a whole different array of ideas. But in the past, when I have pulled out stuff for a sweet and salty snack board, it's like a huge hit with people. So that's my first response. Um, but if you were to check out that post on my site, I've also got one for like a bruschetta board, like how you can just take a basic baguette and pick up some bruschetta and some pesto and some fresh mozzarella and some balsamic glaze. And you've got yourself a really elegant and simple way to throw together something to entertain with. Um, and then I also just love when you have impromptu guests, I don't want you to feel like you have to get too fancy. I don't want you to feel like you've got to pull out the nice dishes and platters and all of that. Sometimes the funnest thing to share with guests is maybe something that you just bought that you're loving, right? So maybe you just bought truffle popcorn and it was so good and you pull the bag out and you're all passing it around saying, what do you think? Do you like it? Or maybe it's the dill pickle chips or maybe, you know, things like that. So just, I think casual is always best. I really, really do. If you like having something to display, I recommend investing in a good serving board. And my favorite brand for that is Etu Home, E-T-U-H-O-M-E. They sell their products on Amazon, but you can find them other places. And they have the most beautiful wood serving boards. And I've got a handful of those that I use all the time. Throw them in the center. You pour out the truffle popcorn. You grab the strawberries, the blueberries. Maybe you've got some chocolate almonds that you can throw on there. Um, and just kind of make it like a snack fest. The other thing that you can't go wrong with, you just can't go wrong with good old-fashioned chips, salsa, and guac, right? Everyone loves a good chip fest. So that's another thing that I would jump to if I've got impromptu guests. And uh, But check out those snack boards. There's some really good ideas there. I also received a handful of questions about two categories, pots and pans and knives. So if you are in the market for pots and pans, I want you to know I have a whole podcast episode dedicated to cookware. And if you're really like looking to make an investment, go listen to that episode because I do a deep dive on everything from cast iron to stainless steel to nonstick to ceramic nonstick and answer all of those questions. In short, this is what I'm going to say. I think you probably need less cookware than you think you need. And I think people are inclined to go buy a full set 
If that just feels easier to you and that's what you want to do, great. But I think you'll probably only use 70% of what's in that set. So um, let's do this. I am going to say I think everyone should own some element of a cast iron skillet, whether that's an enameled cast iron skillet like a Le Creuset or a Staub um, or a really affordable lodge cast iron. I think it's just a great piece to invest in and to learn how to cook with. Um, I think everyone should own a nonstick skillet. I, I really do. And whether that is a ceramic nonstick, which is going to be something like an always pan or a green pan or even the caraway pans um, or something more traditional that's like the black coated nonstick Teflon. I think both are fine. Um, they just tend to wear down quickly or more, not quickly, but faster than something like cast iron. And so just know that they will likely need to be replaced after a couple of years. I don't think it's smart to buy one nonstick pan and use it for 20 years um, because it can start to chip and do all that stuff you don't want it to do. So as far as like traditional nonstick, the black coated Teflon versus ceramic, I think that the traditional nonstick is easier to cook with and far more durable, but a lot of people um, don't like what is contained in Teflon, um, and so they prefer ceramic because it's maybe like a, a less toxic choice. Um, but in the research I've done, I really think as long as you use the nonstick appropriately, like you're not using it to like crazy high heat. Um, it's really quite safe in my opinion. Um, and I have no problem using it with my family. If you are looking for a set of nonstick, caraway is kind of like the darling in the industry right now. My sister has a set. She loves them. My mom has a set. She loves them. Um, that would be a great choice. That would be a great choice. What I would maybe recommend that would be a combination of these two things is a brand called Hexclad. Hexclad is awesome. They are a hybrid stainless steel uh, nonstick cookware line. And I really enjoy the pieces that I have from them. They're easy to clean up, but I find that they heat evenly and you get all the benefits of stainless steel. So there you have it. I would say you can never go wrong with cast iron, but you might need to accept that there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve with the way that you use it if you've never used cast iron before. If you're looking for nonstick in a set, I would recommend Caraway. If you are looking for stainless steel or something that's going to last you a really long time, like if you want to buy cookware that's going to last you for the next decade, I would buy Hexclad. All right. And if you have more questions, I mean, I tried to make that succinct, but it's a big topic. So go check out that episode on cookware and that should be able to answer all of your questions. All right. The next thing I got a lot of questions about and we'll wrap up with this one is knives. So many people have questions about knives. Do I need to invest in really good knives? Uh, do I need to sharpen them often? Uh, should I just buy new knives every couple of years? And this is what I'll say about that. When it comes to knives, a sharp knife is a safe knife. So if you are using dull knives, it is not nearly as safe as using sharp knives. Because if you have a dull knife, you are going to struggle more to cut things. And then things get wobbly and unbalanced. And trust me, coming from experience, I would rather cut myself with a sharp knife than a dull knife. <laughs> and forgive me for saying this, because I know that there's going to be some cut code lovers on this podcast. <laughs> But I can't tell you how many times I have heard, oh, I have great knives. I have Cutco knives. My mother-in-law got them 20 years ago and they're still great. A Cutco knife 
I don't love the the feel of a Cutco knife, and most of the Cutco knives I have used are not nearly sharp enough. Now, I know that you can send them in to be sharpened and all that, but yes, a knife does require maintenance. So what I think is most important is that a knife feels good in your hand. So if you are going beyond Target and you are going to invest in somewhat of a good knife, which I think is a great choice... I suggest that you go to a Williams-Sonoma or a Sir and you actually hold a knife. I don't think you need to get a set. I think you can get one knife to begin, like a standard 8-inch chef's knife, maybe 10-inch if you've got larger hands. Hold it, see what you like. Things like globe knives are really great, and they're a lot lighter, and they're a big um, hit amongst women. And I think women prefer a lighter knife, where men tend to prefer like a heavier knife. My favorite brand that fits best in my hand is a Wustav, which is a German knife. Hankels are great. Shun knives, which are Japanese knives, are also great. They really are fantastic. Then there's some DTC, um, like direct-to-consumer brands, Material Kitchen or um, even Our Place Has Knives now. The thing I don't love about that as much is that you really do want to be able to hold the knife to see if it's a good fit. Now, when it comes to sharpening your knives, these stores like Sir Latob and William Sonoma are going to be your best friends because they will sharpen your knives a dollar per inch. So if you've got an eight inch knife, it's going to cost $8. And even if you did this once or twice a year, maybe you take them in every November, right before Thanksgiving, when you plan to do a lot of cooking, huge difference, huge, huge, huge difference. I think it's worth investing about a hundred dollars in a really good knife and making the effort to have it sharpened a few times a year. That's where, that's where I land on that. Um, If you are going to buy like a knife at Target, then I would plan to buy a new knife every year (laughs) because the quality is not going to be nearly as good, Uh, but you just want it to be sharp. You want it to be sharp. All right, you guys, that's it. That was so fun answering some questions. I'm going to try and do one of these once a month so that I'm really addressing the things that I know you guys are having trouble with. Um, I'm already looking forward to our next Q&A episode. You guys can follow me over on Instagram where I'm sharing my five ingredient recipes, tips, tricks, tools, all of that. I'd love to have you in Recipe Club where I really share my best recipes and it's where I do a lot of my meal planning from. Um, Come join us there or you can check out my family meal makeover course where I walk you through how to organize, outfit, and optimize your kitchen from top to bottom, making your kitchen a really pleasant place to be. You guys are the best. Thank you for joining me this week. I cannot wait to chat with you next week.